0: What's up, fellas, and welcome to The Grown Man Project. My name is Tyler and joining us on today's show is a good friend and mentor of mine, Jay Messner. Jay is the co-founder and CEO of Alta Impact right here in Cincinnati. Alta Impact is a rapidly growing provider of specialized training and consulting services in the Midwest with a suite of services focused on leadership development and organizational effectiveness show host kurt kersey and i got the chance to talk with jay about when he first understood what it means to be a grown man and his deeper connection with positivity and faith if you want to hear more about jay's love life financial life and personal life then you'll want to give this show a listen now
1: let's get into the show hey. okay jay messner right. welcome to the
2: podcast Thanks. Great to be here. Appreciate
1: it. <laughs> thank you for being here. Um, I, I jokingly, as we were getting ready to record, I said, let's do exactly what we just did at lunch. <laughs> so thank you for the time. Yeah, we're the tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly round two of yeah. tacos. Um, I'd love to just start us off, you know, with a with a seemingly simple question, um, but a question that, that I love to start these conversations with, uh, which is this. Uh, where did you first learn what it means to be a grown man?
2: Well, I, I, looking back, saw men who were being grown men, but I didn't really appreciate it until I was enduring the pain of living not like a grown man. Mm. Mm. And so the contrast was so clear and just forced me to really ad- explore for myself what the difference was out of necessity. Yeah, And then it reflected back on the the men I had seen who lived a way that I knew was different, but I just couldn't understand why
1: or how. Mm. Who were some of those men for you?
2: There's a, a, a man named Chip Montgomery who's who was an early client of mine in, in Louisville. And mm. I got to spend time with him as a client trying to serve um, his business. And the reason I was put on the account is because he was a quote unquote Bible thumper. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I was in my mid-20s at the time. Um, I, I wasn't pursuing things that the other guys might've been pursuing at conventions. And and I wouldn't going out and I wasn't doing the things. And so I was the safest version our company had to deal with this Bible thumper guy. (laughs) And so he and I spent time on the golf course together. Uh, He was the leader of the account uh, that I was working with. And and he just walked with me in a way that was so unthreatening. And um, I don't think in the first six or eight months he ever mentioned his faith. Mm -hmm. Um, He just got to know me and was just living in a way that was awesome and mm-hmm. uh, exposed me to a lot of cool people and that's when I first saw men who had a really deeper relationship were about positive things good things contributing positively to their communities and their the world around us and mm-hmm. and it was just so counter to what I had experienced that mm-hmm. I wanted to learn more about it and then there were there were guys that I got involved in business with later on that that uh, were, we're pursuing different things, and I think that's a for early on, you know, before I was pursuing my faith, this, this idea is paying attention to what what folks cared about, what they were after, and
1: mm-hmm. men in
2: particular. And you can, I can now, I have the the ability to look back and say, the, the guys were acting like kids; mm-hmm. they were chasing after certain things, and the, the men were, were pursuing different things.
1: Mm. It's fascinating. I love you know being able to pull back some of those earliest memories, yeah. right of when did you first click into or, or bear witness to what it meant to be a grown man? You, you kind of shared there was a season of life that you were going through that was in contrast to what you yeah. observed from Chip. Can you tell us a little bit more about that season? Well, how long
2: do you have? <laughs> uh, so I've been an entrepreneur for a long time and and uh, largely unintentional in my choices. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, got into business because of uh, my first company with a partner because I, I really didn't know what else to do. Um, I'd been involved in a family business that uh, was, was great and really successful. And then it quickly turned, uh, and there were some personal things that were going on in that business that I just sort of ran away from. And and so I had a good buddy who, who had some skills and we, we started a little construction remodeling company together and I didn't know anything, but I thought I knew everything <laughs> and we did okay. We actually did okay, but we were, were kind of misaligned on where we wanted to take that, that business. Uh, and that led to a you know, another business partnership where I ran away from the first one, not knowing what to do about it. And I will say through all of these, I'm super thankful that that friend and I are still friends, oh, wow. um, which is awesome. And the second business was went pretty well and design and interior uh, interior design and remodeling business, which went well. And that was awesome. But I, we had some normal partnership issues that I didn't really know what to do with. Um, so I was looking for an out and, um, I left that business, and then because I was not sure what the heck to do, I entered into a business partnership that uh, that ended up not being good. And that season, more specifically, was I invested in uh, a guy, and then got involved in this company that sounded great. And the first year of it was rapid growth, and and uh, you know that was felt good. And I invited some other people I know to invest money as well. Uh, because I believed in it. And looking back, I really wanted to believe in it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, it, it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. And it got ugly. And uh, people that I care about had money investing in that thing. And that went away. Wow. And uh, as friends, family, people that trusted me and my opinion of what was going on. And again, I had seen good things happening. So, so I, there were fundamentals in place that could have been good but it was really ugly. So in the midst of all that, I was given everything I had trying to make this thing go. And then I was given everything I had trying to save this thing. Mm. And my life was a mess. I wasn't the, I wasn't the business guy I wanted to be because this business was going down the tubes. I wasn't the friend I wanted to be. Cause I brought people into this thing that was going down the tubes. Mm. You can imagine what kind of husband and father I was at the time when mm. all the rest of it was, was bad. And so I was losing on all fronts and uh, you can imagine what I thought of myself during that, that season. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, you know, talking about what I, I know the contrast of what it felt like to be behaving in a way or feeling about myself in a way that was totally childish Yeah. and seeing people who were behaving in a way that was grown man behavior that, that I just couldn't figure out how in the world I was ever going to get
1: there. What What was like the thing that, that woke you up to that, right? Because I think, you know, oftentimes I've had seasons in my life where looking back on it now, I can clearly say, gosh, that was in contrast yeah. to what it looked like to be a grown man, but it was almost like I was sleepwalking through it, right? Yeah. I didn't realize it in the moment. What, was there something that happened that kind of like made you go look, hold up the mirror a little bit and realize what was going on?
2: Well, yeah, my wife, Abby, gets all the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going for a walk uh, together in 2011, uh, a little more than a year into this. And uh, she was unhappy. Mm-hmm. She just said, hey, I'm, I'm you know, I, I can picture tears in her eyes. Just, I'm miserable. I'm not going anywhere. But you're not the guy I married. I'm raising our kids by myself. Um, something has to change.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, you can imagine she had said little versions of that, <laughs> lots building up to that. But mm-hmm. I didn't have, uh, I didn't have it in me in whatever way to pay attention uh, to the smaller signs. And it took that. Mm-hmm. And I finally realized that, um, you know, this business not doing well is not worth not being the husband and father I said I wanted to be. And I'm thankful to God that I something clicked where I said I'm changing today um, what I do. Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, kudos to Abby. Right? Amen. Right. I, I I'm married to also a strong, strong woman uh, that would shake me out of a funk if if ever needed yep. to, and probably will at some yep. point in my life. Yep. Right. Uh, I can only imagine, as a man, how how hard that must have hit to hear your wife say those words.
2: Well, you know, we as men, we want. We want, number one, respect and affirmation from our our wives, right? uh, Of all the voices that could say you're doing great, that one has the most weight for us. Yeah. And when you in your heart feel like I'm letting her down because she thought my inattention was that I didn't prioritize her. But in reality, my inattention was I'm losing on all fronts. I'm no good. Yeah, I didn't have... I didn't have the confidence and the, I didn't like myself in yeah. any of those areas. So I withdrew from that relationship. It wasn't that I, I didn't want to be that for I just, I felt like I wasn't, and I wasn't worth or mm. worthy of engaging that mm. way.
1: Mm. So it wasn't out of necessarily selfishness. It was out of identity.
2: Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I would have lies going on in my brain that, wow, you're, a, you're a terrible business guy you're not a good dad. You're not a good wow. husband. And so I was retreating in that and living in that and therefore not engaging in the dynamics of the relationship. Yeah. So of course to her, that meant you don't care. Yeah. You're not prioritizing us. Wow. My response was I wasn't prioritizing us, but it's not because I didn't prioritize it's because I just was so busted.
1: Yeah. That, that resonates with me in such a powerful <laughs> way. I, 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 wonder, you know, I would imagine there are men listening to this now that go, gosh, that's me. It's not out of a a lack of desire or a lack of love. It's out of, I don't feel like I'm equipped. I don't feel like I I am worthy enough to step into that role as a husband or a friend or, or a leader or whatever the case may be. What would you say to that man that's feeling that way? Number one, it's a lie.
2: Mm. You are not alone. We all deal with it. CEOs have, imposter syndrome Mm. husbands are wondering if i'm doing enough to bring home the bacon am i am am i doing my part on that am i parenting the right way um you're not alone and then get with a group of of dudes who you can trust Mm. who are going to speak into that for you and with you and reveal to you that they have their own version of it Mm. right yeah the enemy separates us and then attacks us yeah and we got to fight against that like crazy yeah because it's hard enough, yeah. right? It's hard enough when you got a great group of guys walking with you. Doing it alone, you're destined to fail. Yeah. So don't believe it. Uh, you're worth it and you're worthy of it. But the other thing I would say is make a commitment to continuously trying to get better at it. Mm. You can always do better. You're always going to fail, and that's okay. That is humanity. Mm. Make a commitment to trying to get better at it. Find out what your spouse needs from you. Yeah, find out what your men and in, in your life need from you, and then get engaged in that as much as you
1: can. Yeah, I, I love like that message is so powerful, right? Of I, I feel like as men, so often will will realize that these things are broken, and then we feel this responsibility to just flip the switch and fix it. Yeah, and what I hear is you saying is it's, it's not a switch that can be flipped, right? The the decision to move forward is a switch, right? But the actual incremental change yeah. that has to happen from there, you got to take it one step at a time. It's right? a
2: continuous process. And can you imagine if when I was making the decision to go from company two to company three and yeah. invest in this guy, if I had been completely transparent with some guys in my life that I trusted mm. and said, Hey, what I'm really doing is I don't know how to make business number two work the way I want. And I don't know how to engage in the right way with my business partner, business number two. And I'm going to go without due diligence, invest in a partnership with this other guy who looks and sounds like he's the kind of partner I want, but I'm not really going to check on that. What do you think those guys would have said? And Oh, by the way, I'm not really feeling like I'm winning at home either, but I'm going to go do this instead, which is going to take me out of town all the time. And I'm going to give everything to this thing and this partnership, you know, I would have gotten great counsel if I'd been willing to be transparent about what I was afraid of and and how I felt about myself and all that. But I just didn't, I didn't have the courage and the awareness and, you know, whatever to, to, to take that step.
1: Yeah. One of the things we talk about a lot on the show um, that we're passionate about that echoes exactly what you just shared is you have to have community, right? You have to have men in your life that you can bare your soul to, that you can get real vulnerable with and that are willing to step in your life and say, the hard things say the encouraging yep. things say whatever needs to be said in that moment. I'm curious for you, Jay, you know, the question that we get a lot of times when we encourage that is great. How the heck do I find it? Yeah, right. Yeah. What did that look like for you in that season?
2: Well, um, so my faith journey kind of went along with this evolution of these businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, uh, I got involved in mission trips in 2007, really, exploring faith but but uh I, I always had liked serving or doing stuff yeah um so i went and it just exposed me to a group of guys that were not scary bible thumpers they were cool dudes we were telling jokes we were having fun and they had a bible study going on uh invited me when we got out of, off the mission trip and so i started doing that which which became a subsequent kind of journey of different men's groups kind of the core being very similar and so i i sort of lucked into it i would say um if you know if you're listening and and you're not able to find that community i would give you the foundational understanding that number one every every dude really every person but every dude in particular needs needs a a paul yeah a barnabas and a timothy in their lives right yeah. and paul the mentor an encourager friend or peer group and you need a timothy which is you know well gosh i'm not worthy of having someone i'm mentoring baloney yeah as as i said someone told me when i was asked to coach third grade soccer like i don't know soccer and they said you just have to be a week ahead of the kids <laughs> right so just be a week yeah. ahead of the get the person you're mentoring because you learn a lot when you mentor somebody else yes so what i would encourage you to do is we all have people in our lives who have have what appear to be good things going on that we we want to learn more about i would go talk to that person yeah if you're part of a faith community go talk to a pastor and say you're looking for a group look online you know there's a ton of virtual resources um, it is, uh, I won't say it's a, a nice thing to have. I'll say it's a necessity Yeah. that you yeah. get that figured out Yeah. and it might start depending on your upbringing, where you come from, it might start with one conversation you have with one person that you are willing to say, Hey, I, I could use some community. I could yeah. use somebody that I can talk to. Yeah. Can we go have a beer? You know, I mean, you, you gotta do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah Isolations, it's, isolation is dangerous. It's so it's so good my buddy jeff agricola who's been on the podcast with us a couple of times um we were talking about community in a in a video shoot that we did something that he said just still echoes in my head all the time uh and and he said exactly what you just shared jay of like everybody is thinking it somebody has to go first awesome (laughs) yep so such huge encouragement i'm curious you know uh ty for you um i'm gonna put you out there for a second you you are in a very serious dating relationship. She's upstairs right now in the <laughs> office. <laughs> uh, you are you know preparing your heart for what that could look like for for the two of you uh, in the not so distant future, right? What what questions do you have for Jay, a man of twenty five years of marriage that has been through some some challenging moments in yeah. your marriage? I'm sure some mountaintop moments in your marriage, like. What questions do you have for him about just kind of relationship and the early phases yeah. of that?
3: Well, I would say one thing, Jay, that I'll start off. So I remember the first time that you and I had sat down, one thing I really appreciated, um, was, was two things that you were unashamed, um, and you were committed, going mm-hmm. back to the word that you brought up earlier, mm-hmm. it was really impactful for me to, to hear you be unashamed of the mis- maybe like the mistakes yeah. that you'd call failures of your past, um. But then for me to see like your commitment to wanting to change, to wanting to turn, Mm -hmm. how have you brought maybe some of those failures? Um, and some of those, um, maybe you call mistakes into your relationship. with your wife today. Like how, how is what you've learned through business, through some failures and mistakes, how, how is what you learned there? How can you take that into your relationship today?
2: That's awesome. That's a great question. Um, I tell people that 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 season was the the most difficult, most painful, and best time of my life. Hmm. And the reason I say that is, uh, prior to that point, I had learned about God. I had learned the knowledge of God. I, I'd been in Bible studies. I, I, I was I was aggressively de- devouring Scripture and, and and wanting to know the information. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. I, I'm an analytical guy in some respects, and I like like to learn stuff and that was cool. But until I hit the the point where I I was utterly had no other choice other than to trust God, I didn't really believe the things I had read and learned. So that experience of submitting completely to something. Yeah. In there Ephesians 5:25 talks about the the role of a husband for a wife, right? So you know, I don't know about you, but a lot of young men are all about making sure they, they got it covered, right? They have it taken care of. And that that scripture, uh, in that season, I was looking for help. And, and that scripture talks about being willing to die for your wife, mm-hmm. right? To give yourself up for her um, was everything. And so realizing that I can't control this, I can't do this. I need to depend on someone or something that is Immovable and perfectly true. Apparently, my way is not working out, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go for the other way, mm-hmm. and and I try to apply that to my marriage. But it is daily submission. Uh, right now, uh, my focus right now is tr- abiding; is just daily mm-hmm. uh, submitting and and seeking the fruits of the spirit every day. That's right, and in marriage, by the way, if you've got joy, peace patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control going on, your marriage is going to be rock solid. <laughs> and I will tell you, one of the lies that culture teaches us is that I've got to get my own. I've got to protect myself. When Abby changed me and convicted me and, and I started to do something about it, I had to give that up. So instead of being about what I needed and woe is me and don't you know how hard I'm working and trying to save this business and all that BS and I started submitting and dying, my my agenda, dying to my agenda and living for her, guess what she did? She leaned in. It was all about what can I do for you? And that's the, the lie is I have to protect myself. The the truth is when I give myself for, give myself up for my wife, my kids, and my friends, they're going to return the same.
3: Yeah. It sounds like you've, Found herself a pretty amazing woman. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what would what advice would you give um, to maybe young couples or um, young men who are single? What advice would you give to us men um, to have to look for? Like what yeah. what is what was your heart? Maybe did it, did it start that way when you guys were first together, or what what did it take for you all to build that? Because clearly you've put. You've put an expectation that we're going to be honest with each other. We're going to be vulnerable with each other. We're going to hold each other to a standard that um, is above what the world tells us. Um, you know, how did you build that? What what can we be looking for? What advice would you give to the young man?
2: Well, w- we have matured into that mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife still uh, will default to holding things in um, out of a, a positive intention to try to just you know make do. She calls herself a make doer, right? <laughs> and I'm trying to encourage her to you know, share when she has issues. So we, we have matured into this where we're way better now than we, we were. Uh, back to your first question is, what do you look for? The first thing I would do is f- ask yourself and be very specific about what matters to you. What are, your, what are your values now? And then draw out in 25 years, what do you want your marriage to have been about? and be crystal clear about those values yeah. mm-hmm. and i'm not suggesting you have to start day one being good at those things but finding a a, a eventual partner who's aligned to those priorities is critical so i would say that we are just super blessed and fortunate that we without knowing it we're pretty well aligned on the what was important and how we wanted to do life including parenting and mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean we're we're you know everything's rose petals, right? We're we're adults that have challenges, but we're very fortunate to have common family, wait, family in common, (laughs) friends in common. And um, the greatest compliment uh, and affirmation that Abby was right for me is something my brother said right after we got married, which is, I knew she was the right one for you because you are fully yourself when you're around her. Mm. And tell your bros around you, if I'm not fully myself to Give me the Heisman and let me know that, because that's actually a really cool indicator that you are with someone who you should be with.
1: It's powerful. Jay, you talked about this idea in your marriage of like articulating, like what are those values? What do we stand for? What do we want to be known for? And aligning on those things, prioritizing those things. I know that's also reflective of the work that you do professionally, right? Talk to us a little bit about Alta Impact, your, your business and kind of the work that you do day in and day out.
2: Uh, yeah, Alt Impact focuses on organizational health and, per, and and effectiveness. So that's consultancy garbage for we try to help teams and leaders be be uh, healthy and have positive dynamics so they can do good and smart and effective
1: business. Yeah. So, how, how did you know you were called to that work or how did you figure that out?
2: I didn't. I, <laughs> you know, again, if you if you have paid any attention to the patterns of this <laughs> podcast, uh, my early career was marked by. Um, Unintentionally um, leaving challenging situations and trying to find the next good situation. So the end of the the comp- last company, you know, it, it even though my relationship with my wife was getting better and my my actually my peace was growing in the midst of challenge because of my dependence on God that I finally acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third company ended, and so I was looking for a job. And how, you know, I thought my resume was awesome, right? Like leader of this company that didn't make it. Yeah. Um, and my dear friend and business partner, Dan McNeil, was um, a guy that our kids uh, grew up together. We were in the same community and he was an entrepreneur as well. And and uh, he and I went through uh, challenging and good seasons, but at different times, thankfully. And he was one guy that, that I would talk to about what was going on. And uh, he had... Uh, sold a company and then helped uh, helped uh, start another company and then left that and he was started consulting and uh, he invited me into the first project uh, he got and just said hey I I've got a little extra here that I could use your help with and I said hey man thank you I'd love to help you but I'm looking for a job so this could be like two weeks uh, before I'm around or you know so just be ready And he said okay fine so we started doing that that consulting work and I was terrified because I was coming off of you know, this business failure, and I was a big part of leadership in this company. I wasn't the leader, but I was a kind of number two guy. Um, so this is the point where behaving like a grown man started for me mm. professionally, which was, I went into the leader's office. Uh, and I shared my story with him. Mm. That's the first time I'd ever really openly said that. And I was, you know, of course, I thought, He's going to say, Hey, Dan, get this guy out of here. And I just said, Hey, I'm, this is what happened. This is how I felt by the way, in the midst of this business going down the tubes, I would, there were days when I would literally curl up on the floor out of just stomach pain and just feeling despair. And it, the stress was so great for me. And this leader said to me, that's how I feel right now. I think <laughs> you can help me. Wow. And that's the moment I just said, Oh my gosh, there, this is so prevalent in so many people. And so I, I, we did that project and it, it went well and, and we had a few more clients come along and uh, it was just a gift. And I realized that, that that this business, this consulting type of work we do was the intersection between my uh, my passion, my gifting, my life experience, and a need in the market. And it, mm. it came together and, it, and it, other people might describe it as finding my purpose. Yeah,
1: it's powerful. I, I love that you found your purpose, not necessarily because you were seeking it out and wondering if consulting <laughs> might be the smart. thing, right? <laughs> but really discovered it, like yeah. really, really found it by leaning into whatever God had for you in yeah. that season. Yeah. And what a powerful message. I, I think, you know, so many uh, of, of us young bucks, myself included, uh, can oftentimes fall into the trap of feeling like, okay, we got to figure it out. Right. Yeah. I got to like take a weekend away and like, yeah. e- you know, sit with myself or, or sit with God even sometimes and, and try to figure out what that thing is. Yeah. And oftentimes that thing is found in movement yep. and, in just leaning into whatever's right in front of you yep. and checking your spirit on whether or not it's where God wants you.
2: Yeah. Well, I would, I'd advise anybody and, um, who's wondering, find out what matters to you, what you're, what you're rooted in, what your values are. Um, I enjoyed talking about this earlier with you, is, is you don't need to know what the shape of your career is going to be, what mm. exact role or what company you're working for, but you really should be able to articulate what you want to be true about that career and. Uh, kind of company. So, what kind of work would we be doing? What kind of yeah. impact are we having? Uh, am I outside or inside? Am I working with my hands or not? It doesn't. Yeah. You don't need to know exactly what form it's going to take, but understand what will what, would make you feel like you're thriving, because mm-hmm. that's likely your gifts and your passion. And you also don't have to expect to be there day one. Yeah, you can be working toward it as you go. So you said the little steps, right? Take a take little. Steps toward those things, test them, fail fast, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, finding out what you don't like or what, what doesn't sit well with you is often as powerful as knowing right now what it's going to be mm-hmm. or what it should be.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. Jay, I feel like I could talk to you for mm-hmm. four hours. We, we kind of just yeah. did, yeah. right? <laughs> Not on the podcast, yeah. but um, I, I appreciate and admire so many things about mm-hmm. you. First is just your, your vulnerability. Um, not transparency, but specifically your vulnerability, just the willingness to be who you are and share the things that you've learned as a man out of a place of, of perfect humility. Um, Thanks. So thank you for being that and doing that today on the podcast. If uh, there's anybody listening that wants to learn more about you or your work at Alta Impact, uh, where would you send them?
2: Well, they then go to our website which is uh, in need of redesign. You know any marketing companies by? <laughs>
1: I could think of a couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um altimpact.com and you'll get a kind of high level view of it, but um you know we I, I can thank my daughter um Sydney uh, in high school Latin class for coming up or suggesting Alta. Yeah. Um impact was a word that mattered to me and I I wanted it somehow in the branding of the business. Mm. But I didn't really understand how to put it together. And she she uh, came home one day from school and said, "Dad, you know Alta uh, means high and deep. Don't huh. don't you go deep with leaders so they can reach high potential and high results?" I'm like, "Wow. I mean, yeah, I knew that. Of course, I knew that. But okay, cool. you know, I didn't know that. But <laughs> yeah. I wanted to act like I did." So, is Alta this the then, daughter
1: that's in marketing now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. she's in the right. It's working place. out. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: so Alta Impact is uh, a our our purpose is, of course, to help business be great, but ultimately make an impact in people's lives. So mm. what I would say is if you want to check out the website, great. But if you want to talk and get a coffee, um, I, I just feel like that's part of the mission is to invest in people. So sometimes mm. we get paid for it and sometimes we don't. And I don't care.
1: Mm. It's amazing. And I can vouch for that because I mm. just got like three hours of mentorship slash consulting yep. slash everything. So, so thank you. Thank you so much, brother. Thank yeah. you for spending the time on the show here today. Most importantly, thank you for leaning into uh, your your manhood and truly yeah. being a grown man in this world. Hey.
0: What an amazing opportunity to hear from our friend, Jay Messner. We've loved talking about all things faith, marriage, and personal life in more depth than ever before. If you're looking for some guidance on purpose and faith, we would love if you'd reach out to do so head on over to our website at grownmanproject.com we have something for everyone there to get plugged in to stay connected and to grow as men we hope you've enjoyed today's episode and we'll see you next week